0: Hello, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced podcast. I am the managing editor of ThePopRank.com, Al Manorino, with me, as always, every week. Unfortunately, Bill Bodkin, the editor-in-chief of ThePopRank.com. Bill, what is up? Happy fall. You know, uh, we're here for Really, though? Is it? Oh, is it a happy fall? Well, first I
1: think mean, it's just fall. First off, there's a Christmas we're- in here. I'm wearing flannel a flannel shirt today, always a good thing. There's a Christmas in the air. Halloween is around the corner. Fall's my favorite time of year. My kid was born this time of year. I got married this time of year. My birthday is this time of year. So, yes, okay. fall is the shit. I also believe it's someone else's birthday um, on this podcast in the fall. Unless I've got her birthday wrong. Yes, totally did.
2: It technically is a fall birthday, though.
1: I
3: don't think anyone would say it is. Uh... Okay, well. <laughs> Wait, when's your... Okay, so well, when's
0: your birthday? Uh, I was gonna say, let's let's welcome our guests, Cat Manos and Cole...
2: Rothacker. Rothacker.
0: I, I was gonna just butcher it, so Rothacker. Oh, and I haven't
1: said uh, it in a long time, because I yeah, missed the last you, podcast. You know, it's not... You didn't butcher it like Jonathan Ross, throwback to our last episode. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like to say yeah. Cole's beard is probably the most autumnal of the beards on this podcast.
2: It's too yeah. yeah. than... it
0: rank beards. I would say Cole, Bill, me, Monroe.
2: True. Me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just yeah. all the way at the bottom, dude. Your
1: beard, um, your beard is sometimes just a sad excuse of a train wreck. Um,
2: yeah, okay Kat, all
1: when before. is your birthday?
2: My birthday is December 4th, which is technically still in fall. Two days
1: before, two days after mine. So that's, that's right why it. I said it
0: was fall. Ah, that's not fall. That's okay, t- it's totally fall. Like hard winter. It. <laughs> it is. December is winter.
2: The winter solstice is December 21st.
1: So that means my so- dog's birthday is in the fall too. So fuck you guys. We're fall babies.
2: Yeah. Well, cheers to you. Kat. I love fall too. I, w- I would, do anything to be wearing flannel right now and having a crisp air. It was literally ninety-five today, so
1: Ugh. you know. That's like when I went to Disney uh, a year ago. Like a year ago, I can't, it was like super hot. I came home and it was like fifty-nine degrees, and I'm like, I'm fine with this. But this is also a big shock to the system, and I came home and my heat was broken, so even better.
0: Let's get into um, a podcast. Outside of discussing the seasons, uh, what uh, have you guys been up to since I've spoken with you last?
2: Um. Well, we really missed you last time.
1: Thank you. We're missed sad
2: you weren't there. Um, it was a lot I, of like. I, I was a mess of a host.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like so nervous for some reason. I'm like, hey.
2: <laughs> Everything was fine. It was great. It was grand. Um. What have we been doing? We're in the process of moving, which is always a a joy. Yeah, Um, I just did it. A pandemic. Yes, as I'm sure you know, Al. Um, Mm -hmm. Trying to do everything during a pandemic just feels like ten times more difficult. Um, But, you know, we're getting through it. And, um, (sighs) you're so Yeah, just, it's
3: a lot of work. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, same. I guess we did have some good news recently, um, in that uh, our infected government is now literally infected, which I think is cause of celebration. Yeah.
0: it's funny. I was gonna start the podcast completely different. I was gonna say I don't think I've ever been this angry before Fucking in like my life. Furious. Like I've been. Listen, I've had I've had times where I've been just furious, but that's a time mostly where, like, at me. There was. There was, like, a beginning and an ending of, like, how angry I was. I'm angry just waking up in the morning. And then every time I go on my phone, um, I have this habit of, like, hitting this button that says Twitter. And I go on it. And then I don't know why I'm on it, but I'm just mad while I'm scrolling, just just doom scrolling, as uh, Tommy Siegel t- taught us. Um, His book is out right means- now. Yes, that's right. It came out today. Um, go, go order it. Uh, I hope this helps. Um, anyway, but anyway, it's crazy how angry I am all the time. And, you know, we try as hard as we can on this podcast to be apolitical and focus on things that are... No, we don't. Uh, pop culture related. Fuck this I say guy. we try. I'm not even getting that far. The only I, thing I, I will say... I only, the site. To the only, uh, me too. The only thing I will actually say, and then we will move on to uh, more grim things, honestly, but uh, I will say... Please go out and vote. Do everything in your power. If you can't physically go out, you're trapped inside, you don't want to uh, go out into a world that is during a pandemic, uh, you can mail in. You can – that's it. That's the two options. And you can
1: can can drop it off. Many places have. Find out. Go to your town website. Find out where you can drop it off. Mine's right next to a Dunkin' Donuts. So (laughs) that's a celebration.
0: Um, If you have questions, vote.org has all the answers. So, so like, do I'll,
2: that. I'll, I'll bring some positivity to this. Honestly, like Al, you say you wake up angry every morning. That's every fair. I wake up every morning with a little bit of hope, reaching for my phone. Is there a notification? Is he dead yet? Has Has anyone else gotten the virus who I <laughs> hate? And when I see that that hasn't happened yet, yeah. I'm like, oh, damn, but there's still tomorrow. Also, I I'm, like, I'm feeling a little hopeful right now. There's a lot that could happen. Um could it get worse? Yes, but could it get better? Also yes. And I have not felt like that in quite a while. So I mean, there's a lot of time uh Herman Kane, I was about to say RIP but don't. No,
1: he's tw- um, he's still tweeting.
2: Still
1: he's,
2: it's just so From tweeting. beyond
1: the grave. <laughs>
2: From beyond the grave. Um he he died I think a month after he contracted the virus. So I mean, Frankly, there's hope.
0: I hear you. I hear you. I, 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 I don't feel the same sentiment. I don't I don't honestly I don't want anyone to die from this. I've already had people that I same. know die from this and 200,000 other Americans and millions of, uh, you know, I think million plus at this point, uh, people around the world have died from it. I'm, what I going to see. I'm going I'm
1: to say. What so. I want to see. No, not, I'm
0: interrupt let me, you. No, no. No, you gotta know. I, I have to get the point across because I'm going to forget it. What I will say is, um, I'm excited for November fourth, and everything that comes after that, mostly because we're recording that day. That we're going to jail, and I'm really excited about it.
1: We're recording on election day. Oh, like, yeah, that's that's gonna be a shit show. Um, honestly, like part of me is like, listen, if you listen to this podcast and you're a huge Trump person and you just think he's the, you know, the cat's pajamas. Stop fucking listening to this podcast. Don't ever read my site again. Period. And tweet. There you go. Because Love it. you don't care about people. That's it. It's true. It's, it's, you care about your money. So
2: there you go. Also, also I, I just I just want to reiterate that Al is a much better person than me. Not just because of this uh, particular point, but in general. So um, if you have issues with anything okay. said on the podcast that I've said, hold me responsible, not Al. He is a good person. I am not, and I hope he dies. Um, not he as in Al, he as in Donald Trump. Um,
1: yeah, Al's, I've been hoping he would die every day for five years now. That's Can we talk uh, about my disappointment right now? My disappointment is that Cole does not have a delicious dessert in front of him right now. Al and I were yeah, doing an over-under. He, he's also mad. He's also <laughs> mad. I love the fact that you have a Jaws shirt on and an, and an Amity Island uh, oh, yeah. hat on just because, you know...
0: It's appropriate. This is my main right now. Yeah, he goes,
2: hats, he goes through hats, but this is, a, this is the main
0: one. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I was also going to comment on Cat uh, is rocking a, a Weezer shirt, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Weezer, and it has Animal, uh, animal I, um, on the drums. Yeah,
2: man. It's yeah. referencing the incredible Keep Fishing music video. Mm.
0: Legitimately one of my favorite music videos of all time. Brilliant. Incredible. I love that song.
2: If great you song, scene,
0: great video.
2: You know. You're missing out. It's
0: yeah. a classic. We- Weezer meets the Muppets. It's it's m- Kismet. It is Kismet. Um, let, also, a classic uh, movie. you know, we could just keep rambling about uh, the Muppets and uh, the fact that we hate our current president all night long. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, we'll but, probably uh, have is- an
1: election day episode with Cat and Goal where we're just going to just That's start. Not- it's going to be an hour and a half of screaming.
0: Yeah, either way, it could be a happy screams or terrifying scream, but it's going to be screaming. screaming. Uh, But yeah, let's get into our first topic. What the actual fuck? The seriously, what the fuck of the week. Oh, man, this one, this one's rough. Honestly, Uh, we are, uh, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have been for uh, this is like twenty nine, twenty nine weeks we're looking at. Well, this is episode twenty
1: nine. So I want to say we've been in it for at least I think we started this a week after everything started. So it's probably, we're probably with 30, 31 weeks in.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Um, Over, you know, it's over half a year, which is weird to say. Well, uh, Middle
1: Earth is totally fine.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, you know, we've discussed millions of times on this podcast, it seems, about, you know, the state of the uh, movie business, um, Hollywood, and everything going on with uh, cinema, right? So. Uh, one thing that we've discussed a bunch is going back uh, to a place where we can feel safe to go to a movie theater again and see all these movies that uh, are supposed to come out this year and even next year. I've all been pushed back and back and back and back. And we had, you know, Tenet. We talked about Tenet and we talked about how, um, whether we liked it or not, it was coming to theaters and they were trying to get the theater industry back uh, to, you know, at least having some sort of income and kind of failed, kind of bombed. Um, you know, you know, Hocus Pocus was the number two movie that came out this week. It made $2 million in the box Wait, office. For real? Yeah. Legitimately, yes. It was the number two movie with the $2 million. That's usually saved for like the number like 20 movie. Um, so, uh, you know, after uh, yeah, the, the, this week, we found out that uh, I believe it's Cinemark. Who owns uh, a, a majority of like? Uh, oh, sorry, World Group. They are closing all the Regal movie chains in the U.S., which is 536 theaters. Which doesn't sound like a lot for the U.S., but uh, my small town had a Regal. Um, like it's it's kind of everywhere, um, all around the country. Um, it's not as big as like an AMC, but it's you know still 536 theaters. When you see a movie that has been that's opened on like 2,000 plus screens five hundred thirty six is a lot of screens. Um, So I just kind of wanted to talk to you guys about what do you think this means? Um, You know, who can capitalize on this? And I mean, will we ever see any of these movies that we were promised this year? Uh, I'll start with Bill Uh, as someone who uh, runs a pop culture site. A big aspect of that is new movies. You know, a lot of the movies that we've been watching over the past 30 ish weeks have been streaming. So, um, how do you see this unfolding? Um, I mean, do you do you see someone stepping in and, and you know buying these theaters up? I, I don't know what. Well, we had what's a the
1: next step here. Um, I want to say, and I'm going to get the name wrong. We had a ruling over the summer. I think it was the Paramount yes. rule, which Talk allows for studios to block book and also own theaters. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think you're going to see. Disney, possible pop now that's a possibility because they're losing. I mean, their parks are losing like a half billion dollars a month, and yeah. they haven't released any big movies outside of Mulan, which did very well, it seems on VOD uh, through Disney Plus, and their Disney Plus subscriptions are doing well. But you could see someone like them or Netflix or Amazon. Um, I know Amazon's already bought a few like art houses, um, I believe. At least one. Indie.
0: Netflix. Netflix too. I remember they bought a theater in the city to yeah. show Irishman.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if they bought it or they rented it out or whatever. I could see I could see studios coming in and buying or streaming services coming in and buying uh, theaters. Um, and that's where you kind of run into the problem, especially with this – this new law of just like okay, I'm we're only going to show Disney movies at this movie theater here. Now, Al, one of the movie theaters, so Regal Cinemas is one of the theaters in New Jersey being closed. One of them that you used to work at. Uh, that was, no, I didn't work at that. Oh, you didn't, didn't work, work at? It? It. You went there as a kid. No, my, my mom goes
0: there now. I had a friend that worked there and get us, and you sneak us in. So I never actually really contributed a lot to that theater outside of uh, taking what posters. What a and uh,
1: But it's I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's a horrible theater. <laughs> it it's not a good theater. I saw that really bad Tom Hanks Julia Roberts movie there. Um it's like a person's name, Larry Crown. Yeah, yeah. Larry Crown. What a bad movie. What a pull. bad yeah. bad movie. I also saw that Jack Ryan movie with Chris Pine. Not a, not a bad movie. Actually pretty decent. Anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I think this is you're gonna see a lot of purchases from that of these, you know, defunct movie theaters here and there. I don't think this will be the last movie theater chain to go under. Um because, you know, as we said in the beginning, we have a I a the person people elected to run this country, uh, he doesn't believe he doesn't want this dominating our lives. He doesn't believe it's a real thing. He's encouraging his people Just to be reckless and stupid, so I don't think we're going to be seeing movies in movie theaters anytime soon. I know there has been some people who've been able to go to movies during the day, and it's like two or three people in there. I think one we see a rise in drive-ins because there's they just one they just seem awesome even outside of the current situation we're in because it's just a cool thing, and I would love to go to a drive-in. I mean, hell, there used to be a drive-in movie theater about five miles from my house, and it's just. And then they turned it to a movie theater, and that movie theater's been dormant for 15 years. So, turn it back into a drive-in theater, you get a lot of people there. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't. I, I this is this is not good, and I don't know if we're going to see any of these movies coming in 2021 or at least early 2021. I think you're going to see a lot more stuff going to streaming, like it, to HBO Max, going to Netflix, going to Prime, going to Disney Plus. I think Soul. I think is going to Disney Plus over Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. That's gonna. That's gonna be. A, that's. I think that's gonna be a trend. Uh, I don't know when we're going back to the movies, and I don't think this is the first. This is not the final domino. I know one of the articles I posted in the chat, the um, pre-show chat, which we do have, uh, was that uh, AMC movie theaters and I can't remember the other movie theater chain are. You know, they're like, yeah, we're not. We're not closing. We're fine.
0: Yep, that's for now. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about that a little more. And you, you mentioned streaming. You mentioned Mulan. Kat, I wanna I wanna ask you. Why do you think, outside of like legalese, right? Why do you think, after the success of um, Hamilton, Mulan, uh, Bill and Ted, I'm sure probably made decent yes. money for. Yeah. Why aren't we seeing more of that? and less of, like, we're gonna push this movie six months, we're gonna push this movie uh, till December, and now we're gonna push it till 2021. And that's shifting everything else back, right? With yeah. what Warner Brothers just did, they... they I forgot what the initial thing they had to shift, but they moved the Batman all the way to 2022. Yes. They, they moved this Dune. Like, it's insane. right? Oh, Dune. They moved Dune, which was supposed to be in December, and that pushed everything back. Yes, thank you. So... I, I, why aren't why aren't we seeing more of those things coming to streaming? When they're you know some of them are in the can like Dune, right? They had to come at least be close to the can if it's coming out in December. Um, yeah, why aren't we seeing more of this? And uh, what do you think? What do you think that reason is?
2: Yeah, I think it's maybe two to three things. Okay. Happen. Um. One. I feel like with some of the larger, larger movies, or like Dune, for example, I'm almost certain that uh, Denis Villeneuve, the director of Dune, who um, I love so dearly, probably my French, my favorite French Canadian director, um, I'm <laughs> almost certain I'm that he does not want that he doesn't want it to go on streaming because when you make these, you know, fucking multi-million dollar massive films. They're made to be seen on the big screen, as everyone keeps saying. Um, Mm -hmm. That's one. Second, I would imagine that not only the director, but many of the actors involved get some sort of uh, kickback from theatrical release tickets getting Mm -hmm. a certain portion, which will be null and void um, if it's going to streaming. And third of all, and I think maybe the most important, is that... um, Movie studios don't want to admit it, but they desperately need movie theaters. They absolutely do. Because if Warner Brothers says, like, you know what, you're right, let's just put this on Netflix, then Netflix wins. Or even if they're like, you know what, forget forget it, we're going to put this on HBO Max, because that's what Warner Brothers owns so would be more mm-hmm. accurate. They, then they have lost. Then streaming has won. And movie theaters have no reason to exist anymore. You you won't you'll never get box office numbers. Everything drastically changes. An entire industry collapses. And legally, stream like streaming sites don't have to share numbers. They don't nope. have, which means they only never... share when they want to. Exactly, which means they only share it in positive cases. Like, wow, I'm so fucking shocked that. Uh, You know, everyone and their mother saw Stranger Things. I could have told you that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. It's also
1: also financial, too, because think of the double-dipping there. It's just like, okay, I'm going to go... You know, this movie, Dune will make $300 million in the U.S., and then I could make it here, and, you know, all the international release. Then I sell the rights. Then I get the VOD. Then I sell the rights to this streaming service. Then I sell the rights Mm -hmm. to this cable channel to play, you know, this premium cable channel, then this... You know, than TBS or whatever. It's like the resi- you're missing that huge first chunk
0: uh, of money. Yeah. It's
2: also so easy to pirate that way. Um, it's been...
0: It's- no, I, I knew I knew that was going to come up, whether it was from you or from Bill or whatever, or right. Cole even. <laughs> That's been Quite around forever. It. I remember seeing a leaked... Um, I, this is not dating myself, but this is just Ooh, embarrassing. It is. I remember watching... I remember downloading illegally... Um, the, the leaked copy, allegedly, of X-Men Origins Wolverine yeah. that had like none of the special effects. Cole, do you remember that?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. I, it we was horrifying. Friends, like, memes that we made from it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So that's been around forever. Like, I, I don't think piracy is the thing. Like, as soon as the movie comes out, the day of, people are pirating it, right? And also, sometimes the movies come out uh, overseas earlier and things like that those movies they come out it's just strange to me that they're leaving money on the table for money you know they're losing profits they're losing employees they're losing time and they have things that are available to watch right now an actual product that they can do d2c get wonder woman you know christmas uh you know christmas day they can do a Christmas Day release of it on HBO Max, right? And whatever doesn't matter. The point is, that's money that they can be making right now in some capacity, whether it's new subscribers or uh, on-demand rentals, what have you. Like, I don't understand from a business sense how that makes sense because you're anticipating, um, you know, Avengers Endgame box office weekends when everything's copacetic, when everything's ready. To to for, for people to come back, that's not gonna be the case. They should know that people are gonna just be like, "Let's go to the movies!" Like it's there's it's gonna be a slow process to get back to box you're,
2: office. You're like, right, but they are they will lose money if they do it now.
0: Al. But, but they're gonna
3: lose money anyways.
2: Yes, that's, but but they are anticipating that if they just pull the trigger now, they will lose money on what ultimately like. They're like, we would rather lose only 25% of our profits six months from now, as opposed to losing 60% of our profits now. Because I also genuinely think they're holding out hope that there will be some sort of vaccine within the next year. By the way, there will not be. People don't understand science. There will not be a vaccine in the next year. Um, Because you have to think about it. Dune, great example. Supposed to come out in December, whatever. Cole and I would have gone to see Dune. We would have each paid two tickets. We probably would have got popcorn or some bullshit. As opposed to if you put it on HBO Max now. Now, th- we already have HBO Max. They're not getting a new subscriber, and we're going to watch it together in one room. They're losing yeah. money.
1: But they could have done the Disney thing where... That's, uh, that's pay- what I'm thinking. Oh, but it's- premium room. Really. But HBO's got that problem of they still don't have that. Clear- I mean, well, I mean this is technicality. I mean this is quibbling, but it's like HBO Max still doesn't have the clearance on Fire Stick or Roku. So I mean oh, they're yeah. still missing a huge. Oh yeah,
0: no, they're 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 fucked in a whole other capacity. Yeah, we've talked, but about like them. yeah, but right.
1: like for example, Soul, like we said, is you know that movie was going to make bank because it's based on just being a Pixar movie. Right. They charge thirty dollars over Thanksgiving weekend. They are. While they'll do very well, again, they're going to miss that initial hit of
0: box office. That is the, you, you, but you have to interpret that as like, okay, this year's different. That is the box office. You're going right. to have Right, uh,
1: But I don't think they're. I don't like, think they're it's looking a at it. Crazy concept. You're, you're no no no. You're correct. I don't yeah. think they see it that way though. They don't. They don't. Yeah. And
0: It's a weird for, 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 for companies that are based off profit, which is, I guess, every company because why would you except have a company property. outside of not making money <laughs> except, property. except property. So I, make money. I lose money. If, you're, if, you're, if your entire goal is to make a product to make money and you're saying, eh, let's wait, you're not doing the main thing that you're supposed to be doing. You're just, you're just dumping money into more product and not releasing it. So, OK, Kat's right. We don't have an actual vaccine. You know, halfway even plus into next year, that goes back to my original argument of that people aren't going to explode into theaters like you know that a secret Avengers movie is coming out. This is just not happening. Isn't that Secret Wars? Not, don't even get me started. Be I know we've talked about it. Um, yeah, no, I'm saying like that's not going to happen. You're not going to have what you expected from Tenet to happen the day after a vaccine comes out. So. Money is on the table here. You have tons of product, I'm guessing at this point, yeah. that is in the can. And you're filming stuff this year that should have come out this year or finished filming things like The Batman. It's supposed to come out next year. Is now 2022. Okay, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. You're leaving money on the table by not releasing Wonder Woman and any of these other movies that were supposed to come out. Dune, the same way. And t- listen, I want to see Dune in a theater. But I, I was saying this about Tenet, too. And now I'm just like, I just want to fucking see Tenet. I don't even care about it in the theater anymore. Like, yeah. this, is, we are living in a whole new world. The theaters have to catch up to that world. Streaming is, you, ha- you can't see it as streaming one. Netflix was just first. They were there first, and Amazon was there second, or Hulu, or whatever. You have to just say, "All right, we're late to the party, we know we have HBO Max, now we're gonna deliver content that Netflix can't even imagine because we have all of these properties that they don't have access to. Wonder Woman on HBO Max or Black Widow on Disney Plus would be fucking game-changing to the industry, and we wouldn't have to care about the, the, the future of theaters, not that I don't want that to happen, but like You have to think about the consumer, probably third, but you have to think about profits first if you want to stay in business. Look what's happening to these theaters. They're not adapting. They can't. That is their problem. You can adapt. You can make a streaming platform. If you already have one, you can add a premium uh, feature to it. We talked about – listen, if Disney said each month you're going to get a Disney movie that would have been in theaters, I will pay $20 extra a month, 100%. So they have to adapt. They have to. It's just, it, they're losing, they're going to lose, they're going to go out of business if they don't adapt. You know what else they're going to, they can do?
1: They could just be like, okay, we had the, we had a run where there's these movies that came out on streaming first. Well, now you've got to go to the movies to see it, because we're not doing it anymore. And now people are like, oh shit, everything's safe, hopefully. And you go back to the movies. And then people fall in love with the movies yeah. again.
0: Yeah, I mean, remember I, when we I, I, to-
1: I, I hope, I mean, I don't know, there's
0: you had to wait for things, right? Like with cable TV, you still have to wait for, you know, the next episode of, you know, Law & Order, whatever. Like It's on all the have... time. You don't have right? to wait. That's true. We don't have to wait. <laughs> Never mind. That was a bad example. Um, Literally have four channels, as we speak. You're right. There's a Law & Order channel. Uh, no. I'm, what I'm saying is, like, you can make it an event. You can make it, like, this weekend only. You can, you can watch Wonder Woman, and it's going to be... Fifty dollars per household, blah blah blah, and then the only other chance you're gonna be able to see it, buy it on Blu-ray when it comes out in three months. Like there, there's different ways that they can go about it, but like, but, but outside of like, let's just put Tenet out there so we don't piss off Christopher Nolan. Like that's not a good business strategy, and I think Disney did it right with Hamilton because that it it made Disney Plus, which already had millions and millions of uh, subscribers, it made it like oh well, there, now we have to get it we're not doing anything anyway we're stuck inside like let's get disney plus let's see what they have and of course we can watch hamilton mulan the same way
2: that that is a good point about hamilton but here's why it worked with hamilton hamilton was a good product okay hamilton was actually a good product what happened with mulan it failed you know why because mulan was a bad product
1: was it not good did you watch it Oh, it's so I will say that
2: I did not watch it, but I will also say that I did not need to watch it. Gotcha. Based upon things that I have seen, which I realize could be unfair, I would have loved to have support something like Mulan. It did not look good. No one has said it's good, and I guarantee you, the I don't even think it's done well overseas. Anyway, the point is... Oh,
1: it has not done well.
3: flopped in China. Bomb. That's why they made it.
2: I know, the irony. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, studios make movies and do the the first week the first first week in box office is usually when it's going to perform the best unless it's like an indie movie that could but with major things they do everything they can to get people to go and to see it and just just have it like that the problem is if you have a shitty product and you put it directly in people's homes they'll realize very very quickly that it's a shitty product And then they won't care about it. And then you can't keep tricking people with shitty commercials to go see it. I just, I think that, I agree with you. I mean, of course I'd want to be able to see movies. I feel like, the irony, all these streaming things, there's so much stuff to watch. I feel like there's nothing new to watch.
4: Nothing
2: new. Um, Despite all of that, I understand, to a certain extent, why studios are not doing this. Because then there is almost no purpose for movie theaters anymore. I think it's a little bit delusional that they're thinking that, you know, after a year we'll just hit reset and everything will go back and we're just going to push back Black Widow and everything's going to be delayed and it'll be fine. Like I do think that that's delusional, but if they even budge a little bit, then the entire industry collapses. A really similar thing was happening many many years ago in book publishing. I used to work in book publishing. And Amazon was like we're going to print uh, we're going to do everything we we don't even we don't even need random house anymore penguin we don't need that we're amazon we're going to print all these books and it like almost destroyed print publishing because everyone's like oh just get an ebook just get an ebook and you get it directly and and ebook sales went through the roof and everyone was fucking panicking like oh my god and publishing houses were like no we will not stop printing print books even though it costs more money and ultimately could not work out for us in the long run. Spoiler alert, it did. Ebook sales are actually down and print books are higher than ever, especially during Mm. the pandemic because they waited it out in the long run. Mm. I think it's like, uh, there's probably a lot of people in the room with charts and graphs and everything saying like, well, if X, then Y, blah, 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 blah.
4: I think it's a little bit
2: that they, they don't want to change and it's because they don't want to completely cripple the entire industry. I I really, I think it's like stubbornness, really.
0: I just don't think studio, I mean, Cole, you you maybe have a different opinion because I want to hear from Cole, but like, I don't think studios initially really give a shit about if theaters live or die. Because as Bill said, if they go out of business, guess who's buying them? It's going to be studios because they can now an act from like a like hundred years ago or probably a lot earlier, but like 50 years ago that was, uh, was completely changed where, you know, theaters couldn't be, you know, they couldn't run the monopolies, right? They couldn't be the supplier of the films and the distributor. They can now probably in some fashion. So, and they I mean, I'd prob- love to hear from you Cole.
1: Could, you could probably
3: Cole, have Disney. Cole who works
0: in the industry.
3: Cole, you work it's in it's the animated TV show. For a streaming service. But.
0: <laughs> exactly. And that's <laughs> yeah. and that's why you're super qualified because you're – listen, you're hearing my argument of, like, why aren't studios just giving us more shit? You are part of that system. So it's, it's, it's nice to hear the point of view. And what you think personally of, like, you know, why don't you think, pl- uh, you know, these studios are doing this? Uh, I think they definitely do want to do
3: it. I think – there's just a lot of factors involved and there's just like a lot of uncertainty right now. Mm -hmm. I think when things are a bit more clear in one way or another, I would not be surprised if Disney, if a bunch more movie theater chains like go under, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney just started buying their own movie theater chains, which I think they have wanted to do and will, will do one day. Uh, when when it looks like they can. I, I just think it, like up until now, it's been like, it, that's been almost like too big of a risky move even for them. Yeah. Uh, but I do think th- we are going to see the day where there's just a chain of, of Disney theaters and they just show Marvel and DC movies and they'll show all these like live action remakes that they make. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if. Disney does that. Once Disney does it, like everybody else is gonna do it in some yeah. way or another.
2: It's it's funny you say that because I think that will be the future of movie theaters. Every movie theater only just shows like Marvel movies and like like big tentpole things, and, I and mean, that, that's it.
3: That's what movie theaters basically are now. Yeah, it's very yeah. true.
2: But like even more.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. And honestly, I'm I'm not opposed to it because. Um, I don't know, like I, we've talked about it. We've before, argued about this. I but, disagree. But I, I I really don't miss going to movie theaters anymore. Uh, because yeah. I realize like literally everything that like I've seen at like a big movie theater in the last like several years has just been a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or, or, or just one of these big movies that they put out and then you know, if I really want to go see like a movie like for grownups basically (laughs) I have to like go out of my way to like an arc light or, or to like one of these like revival theaters out here in Los Angeles, which, and you know, we're lucky because we live in Los Angeles and we have those, but I don't think there's really too much of those like in Oklahoma or, you know, middle America or, or anywhere like that. Um, so, I mean, if if it means like one day like there's just going to be a future where there's Disney theaters and there's like Warner Brothers theaters and then there's just like and then like the AMC's or the whatever of the worlds like they just show like everything else. I I would be okay with
2: that. You really believe that? And you really you really think you'd be okay with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds up ab- Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I
3: but well, here's the thing. Like I I'm just realizing now that, like, I don't even, like, miss seeing, like, four Marvel movies in a year, you know? Well, I'll, I'll agree with that. Like, I, I'll, like, as much as I enjoy those movies, I'm kind of over them, and I'm not really missing them. I think it's been kind of a breath of fresh air that they haven't, like, dominated, like, just, like, movie yeah. culture in, like, at all this year. It, like, it's been refreshing to me, honestly. And so, you know, they can, like, go release them in their big Disney theaters, and that's fine, and maybe I'll go see them, but, you know, just kind of based on, just after everything that's happened with COVID, I don't really see myself going, like, risking my life to go see any of these movies in a theater. uh, I I don't think I'll do it in the next, like, two to three years. Yeah, and that's... Like, I can't even fathom, like, risking my life to go see... Like Black Widow, a, a movie I, I really couldn't care less about.
0: Yeah. No, and I that's what I was gonna say is I'm sure other people feel the same sentiment as Cole, as much as people like Kat who want to be you know, obviously want everyone wants things to be normal, but you want to be back in theaters because just like concert venues, that's a big part of your life and you wanna be you want that sense of normalcy. So I just think that, you know and we'll end it with this before we get into the next segment is there's, there's things out there. We've already said black widow, Wonder woman, Dune, all these movies that we now have to keep waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting to see to the point where they're already going to start probably working on the sequels to these things. Um, And even with art house cinema and, you know, more indie films is like, who is going to benefit from these small mid budget, small budget movies? Um, is it going to just be the streaming service paying for them at this point? Because if there's no theaters to show them, I don't know. I don't see. I don't see a future there. Uh, I think it's all going to be streaming. So I think it all comes back to streaming, and that is our current. It's not our future. It is our current. We are at home. We are not going to theaters. You know, things have been opening up, things like that. But a, a, being in an enclosed room for two hours with people you know are probably sick is not something we're looking forward to in any way. So I think we need to, you know, the studios specifically, we've already done it, adapted. The studios need to adapt. Um, yeah. But let's move on to uh, our next topic, a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold?
4: Yeah, boy!
0: Um, this is a kind of controversial slice of fried gold because uh, usually, this section, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, is supposed to be something uh, from the internets that usually uh, made us happy in uh, you know those little brief moments when they pop up uh, on our timeline or Twitter feed. Uh, this one's a little different. We wanted to talk about uh, the you know the uh, new season uh, season opener of Saturday Night Live with Jim Carrey as Joe Biden, uh, very uh, you know. A couple weeks ago that was announced, and Maya Rudolph coming back for Kamala Harris, and of course Alec Baldwin playing uh, our th- – I was going to say fearless, but that's not true. Fearful. Fearful, Fearful leader.
2: Fear-inducing.
0: Fear-inducing. Um, yeah, shit. Uh, uh, what were you we going to say? I just we – say Shit. Just shit. <laughs> <Maybe he> shit. <should. laughs> uh, but I wanted to talk about this because the cold open was uh, uh, a, uh, a re-airing, quote-unquote, of the debates – and, uh, you know, uh, the debate was a, a, a debacle and they capitalized that perfectly as, on, as only SNL uh, does. And uh, it was kind of strange to see Jim Carrey, you know, uh, as Biden. And I just want to, you know, again, I say controversial because I don't know if this necessarily was good or not. I'm still kind of debating on it, uh, which is a weird pun. But then uh, on top of that, I don't. Uh, I don't know if anyone actually enjoyed this. So uh, I'll start with a uh, Bill. Bill, what did you think of uh, SNL's? Uh, you know, kind of strange cold open too. And, you know, it started with the debate and ended with this uh, kind of lovely soliloquy from uh, Carrie. I'm kind of over it.
1: I'm kind of like <laughs> it's
2: like
1: I. I, I mean, like yeah. I mean, there, there's funny parts to it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know. Jim Carrey, you know, Fire Marshal Bill coming back out there was a lot of fun. I remember the 90s. I was old then, too. And, like, I guess I'm just, like, with SNL, it's just, like, I'm kind of over it because it's just, like, it's the same goddamn jokes. And it's it's not funny anymore because, and it's, I don't know if it's their fault, but it's just we're living in a horror show, in my opinion. And it's just, like, what's there to laugh about? I watched that debate, and I had to drink a lot after that, not because I'm Irish, and that's my pastime, it's because my stress level was through the roof, and my hands were shaking in anger and fear for this country and s n l making the easy jokes. I'm like, hey guys, it's the same fucking jokes you've been making for four years i'm like i I don't know, I'm just kinda over it.
0: I agree. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, there, was the, there was that feeling too of just like, oh man, I just kind of don't want whatever this is. like. And I think too of just like having someone high profile play Biden. I, obviously Trump has been uh, played by Baldwin. But like Jason Sudeikis has been playing Biden for years and crushing it. Right? Woody right. Harrelson so it's kinda, I think
1: was Biden too.
0: Woody Harrelson, yeah, it was like three different actors too. I'm trying to remember who the first one was. There was someone like early – like, before Woody Harrelson. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Sadek has played him and crushed it, right? So there was already that kind of resentment of, like, why do we need Jim Carrey and his, like, z- like zany fucking persona? Um, also because he's gone, like, insane the last couple of years, too, as, like, a human. Um, but what I was going to say was it just felt weird. It felt, like, unnecessary uh, because we are dealing with this on a now, a, like – hourly basis like it was daily it's you know we're in the election year but it's like to the like nth degree like it's it's crazy in our brains right now and we just want to like again escapism right playing Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Uh watching Enola Holmes like these are great things that I've been doing is like escapism um, like watching quote unquote comedy of the debate was just like I don't want this like give me SNL like stop giving me all like this and that's such a weird thing it's like a, almost like a um, like conservative or Republican viewpoint of like oh SNL's too political it's like it's not too political it, should, it just shouldn't be political right now because we just need a fucking break just give me Stefan every
1: fucking week that'd yeah be that'd be,
3: great. I, I know SNL has always done political sketches and had like actors play political characters for, like, long stretches of time, like always, but it, like, this just seems, like, so played out, and I feel like it's been kind of a consistent issue with SNL in recent years. I feel like, like, 90% of their sketches are heavily reliant on political stuff and current events, and it just, it it makes all their sketches so dated. Like, even sketches from earlier this year are so dated um and you know like we were watching some clips from snl like over the weekend and you know i watched this cold open and like i might have like cracked a smile once or twice but i watched the kate mckinnon whiskers rs sketch that she did like at home (laughs) and like it it killed me we watched
2: it two or three times it's so funny it was
3: so funny i couldn't even believe that they could make something that funny I don't think I, I think the last thing to make me laugh that much on SNL was the Californians. Yeah. And Oh, not yeah. the John
1: Mulaney, uh, Les Miserables diner. Oh, that was the best uh, Maybe
3: <laughs> I probably, I guess I missed that, but. Oh, that
1: was yeah, it was, so, I, yeah, but that, that's the thing. Like, I agree. Him those. Like it was like when they started doing the political, like they started doing the Trump stuff with Baldwin, like four years ago, it was so fresh and it was so different because they hadn't really gone there and now they go there, they they just lean into it so much because it's like that's what's going to get the views and the the get them trending and get them you know keep them relevant where the funnier stuff is like John Mulaney doing weird shit like here's a musical based on someone ordering a lobster at a diner and somehow it turns into the Lamezarab and like yeah. what was the other one it was about buying stuff at a bodega and Jake Gyllenhaal flies in we're yeah. getting back like, the stuff that's more yeah. or like Stefan comes back like the stuff that's more memorable is the weird shit that made it its
3: original lyric literally, yeah. literally
0: everything from yeah. The Lonely Island
1: yeah. Like
3: th- think of any iconic SNL sketch are any of them ones where like Phil oh. Hart played Bill Clinton or Will Ferrell as George Bush I, I don't really think so the it's most- all it's all like you know Canteen Boy and like Trish any lady. anything,
1: I yeah. think the most famous political thing they did was Chevy Chase's Jimmy Carter and him always falling. Right. That, that right. and that is what nineteen
0: seventy eight. So there you go. I would say I would say Tina Face Palin probably. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's yes.
0: Would be like awesome. the most. And but uh.
2: Carvey was um. George. Bush. George. Bush. No. 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 Well, yes, but. More specifically, not Bob Dole, but one of these other. Anyway,
1: Norm really... Macdonald was Bob Dole. I remember that. Yes, oh, no.
2: yes. I, I think I think what we're all like talking about, but not saying explicitly, is that the current political climate we're in is beyond parody. Yeah. Something that I did was uh, initially I hadn't watched the SNL cold open, but when you guys had sent it today, I like not only watched it, I analyzed it Mm -hmm. trying to figure out why am i not laughing and what was actually making me laugh when i was and it is absolutely fascinating to me the the parts that were actually really funny are when like alec baldwin just had really good timing with his like interruption and like his like attitude Mm -hmm. and um like the cadence with which jim carrey was portraying the character of biden i think was like very like excellent i could see like where he had taken cues and things like that mm-hmm. but i shouldn't be thinking that while watching like a sketch comedy show yeah I like oh that was an interesting choice because every other choice was completely bizarre one of the most bizarre things if anyone is to rewatch this on youtube is that there's a, a part where Jim Carrey as Biden, like, interrupts Donald Trump and says, will you shut up, man? Which is something that he said in real life. Yep. In the context of the sketch, he says this and the audience erupts laughing and clapping. And I'm like, wait, why is this funny? Uh, but people are clapping because it happened in real life? Or right. it's because this is like wish fulfillment? And as I'm thinking this, The sketch fucking ends with Jim Carrey taking a remote control and muting in real life. Alec Baldwin as Donald Trump, who then freezes and everyone cheers. And I'm like, this isn't fucking comedy. This is wish fulfillment. We all that we could pause Donald Trump and mute him. And it was just like this weird moment of like. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then Kamala Harris comes out, Maya Rudolph, who I always very much enjoy. Yeah. But she portrayed Kamala Harris as, like, this, like, doting, like, mother figure of, like, I'll give you guys oranges after this. And I'm like, Kamala Harris does not give off that vibe at all. At all. She's, like, a hard ass. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking, like, incarcerate everyone and their mother. Fine, whatever. But, like, this is all wish fulfillment. Like, we want, like, a political mom who's gonna tell us it's gonna be okay we want like we want to be able to mute our own politicians and cheer for like uh, a guy who may or may not be like aging rapidly in front of us it's just it was the most bizarre thing i have ever seen and reading the youtube comments many people agreed that it was like this is beyond parody and that the sketch was way more civil. That was the reoccurring word. We more simple
0: yeah. than that. Yeah. I remember the, the the one debate the between Hillary and Donald Trump that SNL parodied it was the one where like he kept like lurking behind her yeah and like I remember them being able to parody it like where he she was she would like turn around and like he would like hide like that was like funny right like that was like obviously like because because, I think this this one (laughs) this one weird moment happened in the debate and let's let's expunge on it not let's quote it and not let's like do this weird meta talking to the audience talking to the world like i like that aspect but even that was just like again like make me laugh because i'm so angry and i need to stop being angry and not think about these this one lunatic and this other guy trying to save the world um i need to i need a break i need a break and like you're supposed to deliver that break and even like chris Chris Rock's opening monologue and we're now just going to into SNL but I'll just briefly talk about that and like I'm like it was good but at the same time and I don't know if this is just how he's doing comedy now but it felt like he was making it up on the spot in a bad way like it didn't feel natural it felt almost too natural to the sense of like he's like you know what you know what's strange like it just felt like he made it up the night before and like he just stopped doing comedy for like 30 weeks
3: well he was about things that were happening so he must have i think yeah,
2: yeah. i know what you're saying though i remember thinking i like, got i
0: got that call I, I do want to say
2: like say some shit he's gonna fucking go for it right now yeah. but then he didn't and i was like okay
1: it's like chappelle cool. i feel like he went for it four years ago yes and, no, no
0: no no well chappelle went for it in a different way and yes. i like that and Chris Rock was there. He was in one of the sketches. Yeah. And one of the most memorable sketches from that night was, like, everyone watching uh, the – the what's it called? The um, the results come in. And, like, there, there's no way he can win. Yeah. And he's like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know. It, not to say that, like, it, like, seems like he wants him to win. But it just didn't feel like he had the moment post – all, everything that's been happening, pre-debates, pre-election, like this is your moment to talk and like it just felt like he was trying to like calm us down and like I thought he should have just went, went for it or just fucking talked about his time in quarantine. Like it just didn't seem like he was doing anything to help the situation. But that's that's I mean, I guess a slice of fried gold. Um, Cole, did you have any other reactions about uh, the, the sketch outside of uh, what Kat said?
3: Uh, no, I felt pretty much the same way. Just, you know, it just feels so overplayed. It feels mm-hmm. very toothless. Uh, you know, it's things that make, that, it, it's a sketch my mom would think is hilarious. Yeah, it's exactly
1: what I was going to say. It's like the older, yeah, your mom or your grandparents are going to really dang it.
3: Yeah. Like, oh, dang. wow. They're really.
1: Oh, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's like I see more biting commentary of Donald Trump on Twitter every two minutes than I do from SNL. Like the, the most and biting thing that Chris Rock said was, "Oh, Donald Trump has COVID. I send out my condolences to COVID." It's like, ooh, that's, good.
0: that's okay. funny. Oh man, let's get on to better things. Uh, that's a slice of fried gold. We're gonna go into our music recommendation section, which is uh. Bill, what is the name of the section? Music in a time of quarantine. That's it. That's that I got a little uh,
1: angelic there
0: for a second. The name and the uh, unfortunate theme song, uh, songs, or music in a time of quarantine. Um, recommendations for music that we are listening to during this time. Uh, I'm going to start it off with Cole. Just I always put him on. I always put him on the spot. I'll start with Cat. He's like, God damn
2: it, guys. Um. Well, I know we were talking about um, Halloween-based suggestions. And I was trying to for, think... For okay, the watch,
0: not for music in time, of Gordon. Which it could be whatever cat wants to be. It could be whatever you want.
2: Um, I decided all my recommendations are going to be Halloween-themed and thinking um, about like music that I like to listen to at this time of year. And...
0: Werewolf what? <laughs> so, uh, it's from What? It's from 30 Rock. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the episode, but it's... uh. What's it ago, Tracy Tracy Jordan uh, had like a like a Halloween hit, a la Thriller, and it was oh. called oh, Ver- bar Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Yeah, it
2: was lit. We love that yeah. song.
0: Yeah, it's the best. Uh,
2: werewolf Bar Mitzvah, uh, wolves becoming men, men becoming boys. No, boys <laughs> becoming men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like spooky, scary? So like, that's the best. Sorry,
2: yeah, just no,
0: derailed no. it.
2: What's your uh, pick? Yeah, so. Uh, not exactly Halloween-themed music, though. I had a amazing Monster Mash mix CD that I used to play. I, I used to put it in my purple like Casio and put it by the door so people could hear it when Trick or Treaters came, and it was lit.
4: Um,
2: aside from that, um, I really love to listen to The Cure this time of year, and I want to recommend uh, my favorite album by them, which is Disintegration. Um, it's very spooky and moody in its own way. And if you're feeling emo, it's the best thing you need. And it's, like, extremely artfully done and incredible music. And um, I think really good for this time of year. Especially for you guys in New Jersey where you are wearing flannel and there's crispness in the air. Um Fully recommend the Cure's disintegration.
0: Awesome. Now, Cole, do you have a pick?
3: Um, I haven't been listening to a lot of music lately. Been listening to podcasts, but
0: what podcast do you recommend? We'll 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 break a rule. Okay, uh, I've been listening to Kingcast.
2: Very spooky.
3: Pretty pretty regularly. Oh, there you go. Uh, by Scott Wampler and Eric Vespi. Uh, it's great. It, it, it's it's really, really good. They've been doing it for a few months now. And
2: what did they cover on the KingCast?
3: Stephen King movies and books. They, they have really incredible guests. They've had Mike Flanagan on. They've had... Um, My Manor this the, weekend. Yeah. I was just listening to the one with uh, Devin Sawa from Final Destination.
2: Oh, we love him. He was Casper.
3: Yeah, um, Seth Graham Smith. He was the voice of Casper?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, he, he's got he them
1: idle hands.
2: He wasn't the voice of Casper. He was Casper when he became a real boy. Yeah. Oh.
1: Spoiler. Yeah.
3: Spoilers. Yeah. yeah.
2: He's
3: really cute. Um, yeah, it's so good. They did this interview with Tom Jane that was just insane. Love Tom Jane. <laughs> Yeah, all of
2: the mist. So they have people who are in Stephen King things. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they get Stephen King himself on there. Oh my god! For like
0: a uh, Halloween episode, that'd be dope. Yeah.
2: It's it's a really good podcast. I'm someone who's read uh, less than one percent of Stephen King things, but and probably seen less than five percent of Stephen King film or TV adaptations. More and than
1: me. Really
2: Maximum
0: podcast. Overdrive. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's good. Would,
0: would recommend as well. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Bill, what is your song pick for us? Uh, a chain, I, I had a different pick for this week, but
1: uh, unfortunately uh, today uh, the music world lost one of the great guitarists of all time when Eddie Van Halen passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been a Van Halen fan for a very long time, ever since I heard the song Human Being on the Twister soundtrack. So just wanted to put it into a really niche way I've heard. That's so much. Um, it explains a lot. Uh, I didn't grow up listening to a lot of popular music as a kid. It was doo and light FM. so all I could listen to. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So I feel like if there's one quick... You should listen to this whole album if you haven't listened to it already. And that's off Van Halen 1. Um, is the song Eruption. And it just kind of summates... If you've never heard Eddie Van Halen before, and you're like, ah, I just keep hearing about Van Halen, and he's a great guitar player, that is the song you listen to. And you, when you get done picking your jaw off the ground, go listen to the rest of uh, the first Van Halen. Then go find the greatest hits and just listen to how he was. He's like an, such an influential guitar player to the '80s metal scene, and for 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 generations to come. And he's just one of the most mind blowing guitar players of all time. And, you know, we had the, we had the pleasure to shoot Van Halen with DLR in 2015. Fortunately, the photos kind of got lost, but like, it was, it was very cool to, to do that. And, um, you know, it's just a sad day in the world of music. I mean, Eddie, like I said, he had throat cancer and he had an addiction to smoking. And I know that was one of the problems the rumors where he went back to smoking after he went to remission. Um, I mean, I get up to the rumors and, uh, it just sucks um, that he passed, and, and I also recommend you know go through the whole. If you're if you're just a David Lee Roth Van Halen fan, go listen to some of the tracks off from Sammy Hagar. There's a lot of songs with the word love in the title. I highly recommend skipping those. Um, <laughs> if my favorite Van Hagar song is Pound Cake, I love that song. He takes and Eddie Van Halen takes an electric drill, and this basically plays it off the guitar, and it, it's it's so wild. And even Dave Sharone had one or two decent songs with them. He was the lead singer of Extreme. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Eruption by Van Halen.
0: Excellent. Uh, excellent. And rest in peace uh, to Eddie Van Halen. And also uh, Johnny Nash. We lost uh, the yeah. singer Johnny Nash. Um, what song so, did he sing? On the same day. Say it again? Uh, just let the people know what song he sang. Oh, um, it, I just had it off the top of my head. Hold on. Um, oh, I can see clearly. So, very, very uh, a song that's always been a part of my life. So, um, I, guys, I I really hate my music recommendation this I week. Hate and it I every hate every week. I well, that's that's untrue. That's true. Legitimately, I almost hate myself for picking this oh, song. Oh, fuck! I know what you're gonna pick. Yeah, picking this song and picking this album. <sighs> uh, all right, I'm gonna say begrudgingly. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna just change my tone of voice. <sighs> so, machine gun Kelly, you came, came out with a pop punk album, guys, oh, all right, I guess okay,
1: dude so, my twelve year old so niece sh- thinks it's crap,
2: legitimately okay. try and sell me on this Al like because okay. I think machine gun looks like yeah. he... like I just picked him up in a trailer
0: park. uh-huh, uh-huh well, yeah, I hate him. I don't like him. I don't like the dude. I don't like him as a human because I've I've just not not that I've heard bad bad things, but I remember he went in this like weird beef with Eminem of all people because uh, Machine Gun Kelly's a like, rapper, great human being, pretty popular rap rapper, but like never had like a big big hit. Uh, or sorry, he's had hits. He's never had I guess like a number one album. Whatever, It doesn't matter. Goes, tries to, uh, like, has a beef with Eminem because he was saying, like, Eminem's daughter was pretty, but I don't know if she's underage, so I just don't like this dude. And he, yes, and he has a very punchable face.
2: I I just want to confirm that. Also, he has uh, confirmed to be racist. However, I want to hear it for his music. Is
0: he white? Okay, here we go. No, he's so white. There you go.
1: He's so So, white. He 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 makes me look not that white.
0: I knew he was garbage, right? So... But he made a, a, a pop punk album with uh, Travis Barker producing it, of playing course. drums. And I'll tell you right now, the album is very, very decent. It's very listenable, very short songs. It's Blink influence. It's New Found Glory influence. It's everything from like that like mid or early, actually early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s pop punk. It's very, very listenable. It's very enjoyable. The reason I'm picking a specific song And the song off the album, Tickets to My Downfall, the song is called Forget Me Too. And the only reason I'm recommending this song uh, out of any of the other ones, because the other ones, they all kind of blend together. This one features Halsey. And she, I'm trying to put this in specific words. She fucking destroys him on this album. (laughs) And that's why I think you would like it, because it's a very catchy song. He's very okay in it. All of a sudden, Halsey comes in and just just fucking crushes it, just destroys it to a, to the first thing I said about three words into her uh, her verse was, wow, she needs to come out with a pop punk album because I want to hear more of this because it's very paramour. It's very like she, strangely Avril Lavigne in voice, but like energy, mm-hmm. Haley Williams. Fucking awesome. I can't stress this enough. Like I will work out to the song every day Uh, Or just chill out and listen to the song because it's great because of the Halsey factor. She can do no wrong. I believe she can sing any style of music and crush it. Um, She's already dabbled in country. She's done – I think she's done – she's recorded music with a specific pop-punk group. Can't think it off the top of my head. It will come to me. It's like a bullet for my Valentine. Like someone like that. Yeah. And they were supposed to release something they haven't yet, but they've actually worked in the studio together. I want to see a Halsey uh, rock record because of this song. Um, and the and the fact that she like shits all over Machine Gun Kelly in it is fantastic. So Forget Me Too off of Tickets to My Downfall, unfortunately from Machine Gun Kelly.
2: Honestly, I respect that. And I also just want to clear the air for a second that Avril Lavigne walked so Halsey could run. So... percent I
0: want someone to know that. Love that. Love that. Yep. I mean Facts. when my
1: when my twelve year old niece basically says this album is a piece of
0: shit, it's, I I take her word of it. It's a twelve year old niece who likes Machine Gun Kelly. No. Who is a rap. No, she does not. She is a
1: big she's my chemical out, romance. Out, she's helped. Panicking at the disco. she's influenced by my brother in law who listens to all those emo oh, bands that I'm you love from that out. time. So she's like, yeah, she's like, this is crap. And I'm like, wow, you know what I'm not listening to? uh...
2: I believe that he has one good song, especially when there is a collaborator and guest on it, meaning that they worked on it together. And also every clock is, every broken clock is right twice a day. So every once in a while, someone who's a piece of shit, who sucks, Mm -hmm. puts out a good song or two. I would believe it.
0: And, um, and Bill, we talked about this, uh, weeks ago, I think with, uh, with Anthony Toto about the, uh, Tony Hawk one and two soundtrack. Remember they added new music and he was one of the people on it. And yeah. it's actually the single from this called bloody Valentine, which is super, super, super catchy. And like, I was shitting all over like, Oh, he shouldn't be on the soundtrack. It's like my favorite thing on the soundtrack now. Cause like, it's actually like, it's kind of made again, guys, it's produced by Travis Barker. He knows how to make a fucking pop punk song, yeah. you know? And he obviously grew up during this time and like was influenced by it. He just went the rap route instead. This is the number one record now, guys. Like, this is where we are. Pop punk's back. It's back.
2: I, I believe you. I believe you because of the Travis Parker uh, Barker situation. For example, I was driving for the first time in you know what felt like years the other day, and I had the radio on. I know it was odd. Whoa. And, the radio DJ literally is like this new TikTok star, and I was like, Jesus Christ! Here's here's what has happened to rock music. I was listening to the rock music station. I don't remember his name. I want to say it's like Devin. Of course, it's one word or something. Like this TikTok star, he's, you know, seventeen, and he battles with depression. It's like cool. Get in line. And he battles with depression. And he just signed to Travis Barker's new label. Blah blah. blah. And the song starts, and I'm like. This is the best Blink One Eighty Two song I've heard at some <laughs> point.
1: Like the <laughs> I princess, say like that you said TikTok star and then signed to Travis Barker's label, like that is the most on-brand shit I've heard all day. If you want to get yeah. Travis Barker song, listen to what he did with Ronda Jules. It's the hell. It's I'm sure it's better than anything he did with Machine Gun Kelly.
0: Um. Yeah. Again, I don't knock it until you try it, guys. This album's very okay. It really, it. it really is. It really is. Um, it's not for you though. Mm-hmm. You don't like Pop Bug? Yes, yeah, I do.
1: I, I have listened we, to
0: it. And I do enjoy it. You so could give us something a chance and then shit on it. But I'm saying, sure. like, I, I, if I'm telling you specifically two songs are great, then then maybe you should at least attempt to listen to them. Sure. We'll,
2: we'll allow it for now. It'll okay. it's, we'll sit that's, on the table. It's allowed. It's, we may re- address it at a later time.
0: That's fine. We'll address it on uh, the the November, the November 3rd screaming episode. Um <laughs> Called, Let's move screaming. on to the watch list. Um, no no theme song, luckily, for the watch list, but uh, if you listen to this podcast regularly or it's your first time, uh, this is where we make our movie or television show recommendations, things that we're watching, or I, I think we should uh, make an addendum, are anticipating watching soon that we want to promote and let people know about. Um, that means Al didn't title, have a pick for this week, so he's going to talk about no, something coming soon. Not true. <laughs> This time around we're talking about like um, Halloween favorites because it's uh, finally October. Uh, we have the crisp fall air because we live in – most of us live in New Jersey and not, uh, you know, California on the West Coast. Um, very jealous except for the fires. But let's talk about just Halloween's, uh, you know, spooky, scary werewolf bar mitzvahs. Like wh- what are some picks, uh, recommendations for people to watch? I'm going to start with mine. Mine's a quick one. It's more in like the thriller – not uh, specifically horror, but it's uh, definitely uh, something I watch around this time. Um, little known movie. Uh, cool indie thriller called The Guest uh, starring Dan Stevens.
4: Um,
0: I fucking love this movie. I don't want – I actually – it's again, it's a quick pick because I don't want you to even look this movie up. I want you to go into it blind. I will say that uh, it introduces you to Dan Stevens who is the love of my life. and True story. Uh, it is true. And the soundtrack is bitchin'. So, The Guest. I think it's streaming. Uh, I think last time I checked it was Netflix. But uh, you'll find it somewhere. Maybe Shudder. Who knows. Uh, yeah. Let's go with uh, Let's go with Cat.
2: Uh, well, I want to add on that that my favorite thing about The Guest is that it was the first thing to come out post-Downton Abbey, Dan Steven. Yeah. And I'll never forget seeing the trailer. I was like, Matthew Crawley got fit? What the fuck happened? <laughs> It was <laughs> shocking. Um
3: I, I've never seen him before that.
2: I know. I showed him a picture of Matthew Crawley hey. season one and he's cute little doughboy boy.
0: Yeah, little pudding boy. <laughs>
3: what
2: he what
0: he, what do he, he do? Like a Chris Pratt? Like he just like ah, I'm gonna yes. get thin and uh Yes get awesome.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: great. I love I I again Anything Dan Stevens, I'm in. I even watched that fucking Beauty and the Beast live-action movie just to get a little bit of Dan Stevens.
3: Get oh. a little Dan yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, Stevens. So, or Dame uh, Stevens,
0: as Kelly, as Kelly said. Kelly, uh, wow. Trademarked.
2: Um, so I love Halloween. Uh, it's my favorite holiday. It's my favorite time of year. That being said, I'm afraid of everything, and everything scares me. Um. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense that I'm a Cole who likes to inject, inject like spooky into his veins. Um, so my suggestion is for the people who love Halloween but who are scared of everything. I'm going to suggest uh, this little movie called Teen Witch. It's yes. fucking wonderful. It's from the '80s. And um, it's about a girl who becomes a teenager and discovers that, oh, shit, she's a witch and she's not very popular. And she uses all of her little witch powers um, to do just cool ass shit. It also features uh, one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history um, in which the top that rap. Um, I'm not going to give you any more context other than her friend has a crush on. A popular guy and, this, and the teen witch decides that she wants to make her friend look really good so she used her magic powers to make her friend good at rap. I say good in quotes and rap also in quotes. <laughs> it's incredible.
0: Amazing.
2: It's wonderful. And it's so charming and whimsical. And we love it. Also, fun fact, the girl who plays said Teen Witch is uh, Robin Lively, aka Blake Lively's older sister. So huh.
4: what? Yeah. yeah.
2: So that is a fun fact for everyone. So um, a fun fact. my suggestion is Teen Witch. Everybody watch it. It's magical.
0: Starring I need Rock- to... It's a sister in law. Yes. I need to uh, I need to see it. I've heard oh. it. I've heard only I've heard only great things. So honestly. good, man. There's a whole uh, there's a whole how did this get made episode of of, of uh, Team Witch. You should check that out because okay, it's a great episode. Uh, Cole, what do you have for us? What spooky treat do you have for us?
3: One thing I like to watch, although it's pretty hard to find. I, I don't think it's really streaming anywhere. Like you might be able to like order a DVD of it or something. But the one I like is called First Watch, which is it's not quite a movie or a TV show. It's it was a real news broadcast that broadcasts on the BBC on Halloween in like 1993. So it stars real like newscasters, like like pretty like I don't know like pretty well known people. It, it'd be like a movie starring like like Wolf Blitzer or like Lester <laughs> Holt. <Holmes. laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I would watch
3: uh, it. It it's it, it aired on the BBC on Halloween night and they sort of – what they did is they basically uh put on this – they did this bit where they went and sent like a, a news crew to investigate like a supposed haunted house that's been like terrorizing this family. And they go and they like interview the family and – like they broadcast they broadcast it live like as it happened and um but it's all fake but they make it they make it seem like the house is really haunted and that like all the people uh broadcasting the story are getting possessed and it starts to like get really crazy towards the end it, it, it's pretty much kind of like it's adapting sort of a similar scenario that was that they did in The Conjuring 2 yeah um it's really good though it, it it's it seems very real when you watch it because they don't they don't like play it to last at all It's played very straightforward and it was a big deal in Britain at the time because like people thought it was real and they were like concerned and they like called them and stuff like that It's kind of like the Orson Wells mm-hmm. War of the world's broadcast of its day
2: it's like War of the Worlds meets like where Witch project
3: yeah pretty much. Pretty much, but it was before Blair Witch Project, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, it, it used to stream on Shutter, but it's not anymore. I, I really don't know where you could stream it, but if you can find it somewhere, it's really good to watch. It's very cozy. It, what it, was they,
1: this? This was Ghost Town. Ghost, Ghost. Watch.
0: Ghost Watch. Got exactly. it. Ghost Town's that Ricky Gervais movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And, and according to IMDb, it's a title that's been used a lot. Yeah.
3: Yeah, um, but yeah, that that's a movie that'll really put you in the mindset of Halloween in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: Excellent. Uh, so I believe it's Bill. Uh,
1: I don't know if people like this movie or not. Maybe I'm in the minority here is, um A movie I love to watch around Halloween time is Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Um, I, I love l- it. Oh, cool. cool. It, because some, it's either people haven't seen it or they're like, eh, you know. So it's uh it basically it takes the Ichabod Crane story for anyone who hasn't seen it. Ichabod Crane is played by Johnny Depp in this movie. Um this was I want to say ninety nine two thousand when it came out or ninety eight to two thousand it came out. And it, it Ichabod Crane instead of being uh they've they've changed the character and he's now a, a New York City cop who is very big into forensic science. Um he was raised in like the church and he's kind of moved away from that and he is now has to Go to Sleepy Hollow to investigate these uh, the the killings that are happening up there, supposedly by the headless horseman. It's shot in this really wonderful tribute, like especially the opening scenes are shot in this wonderful tribute to like fifties horror movies, and it's just like has like almost the greatest hits of like Tim Burton casts, but, like obviously Johnny Depp, uh, Christina Ricci, like Michael Gambone. like a lot of people in there that you've seen in other Burton movies Christopher yeah. Lee and it's so gothic and drab in times and it's uh it's just really cool to watch. Christopher Walken is the horseman and in one of my favorite weird Christopher Walken uh, roles. It's just this really crazy adaptation. It's very creative. It's wonderfully shot and it's I I've found like You know, movies that are scary for me, like I'm not a huge horror fan like you get, and so I'm like, I don't go back to a lot of horror movies. Like I'll watch The Shining a bunch of times, but like, this is a movie that I can go, I go back to every year, because it 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 captures like the fall, but it captures Halloween, and it's just a really cool movie. So this movie, I don't know where it's streaming right now. I know it plays on Freeform a lot. So if you have traditional TV, it's always on there like 31 Days of Horror, but. Sleepy Hollow should be on Prime. Maybe Netflix, yeah. It's definitely easy to find. Really cool Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow.
2: Yeah, it definitely is like a beautiful movie to yeah. look at.
3: It says it's on Netflix, Anthony Little.
2: Oh, cool. Lit. Yeah, we were just talking about it last night.
3: Yeah, she says her fifth grade class watched it, which...
1: Oof. A, oh, it off. is a bit of a hard R, <laughs> <at> certain points. <laughs>
2: I'm almost certain we did, but I think that the teacher must have stopped the scary stuff because I just remember it being spooky and not like really scary. I mean,
3: yeah, there's like a part where he's chopping down a tree and there's like hundreds of pets in it.
2: Uh, yeah.
3: If, you, you, also kids, boy. if yeah.
1: you also have kids, like there's the, Disney Plus just re uh, re-up the, uh just added the. Ichabod Crane cartoon, so that's a lot easier to watch, and I've been watching a lot of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas because Sophie is obsessed. I have a Jack Skellington and Oogie Boogie blow up on my front lawn as we speak, so Nightmare Before Christmas is great too, so if you have kids, that's always a good one to watch. Um,
0: You should watch the Prop Culture episode, which is like the third time I brought the show up on this podcast, Prop Culture on Disney+, Plus. there's a Nightmare Before Christmas episode. Oh, Oh? I will definitely watch that one. Check we'll it out. Out. Oh, everyone, legitimately, please go watch Prop Culture. It's great because there's a. Uh, is it Back In to the the Future? No, there's. No, no, I think it's. Can't be. I mean, think... Back to Future. I back think
1: Disney. It's not. It a... Okay,
0: no, I'm sorry. Let's let's go back. Wait, there. There's definitely a Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode. It's which Disney. Is yeah. Excellent. The Mary Poppins episode, yeah, it's, I know it's all Disney. You don't have to tell me they're Disney. I'm just saying there was one that oh, there's a Tron episode too. Mm. Um original Tron, obvi. Um yeah, no, just go watch it. It's really good. That's another recommendation. I try right, Tron to exist, except for the soundtrack. Oh, soundtrack's amazing. All right. Cool. So the final topic of the night well, we you are didn't gonna pick be talking. Yours, buddy. Yeah.
1: No, I did. The no, guest. You, yes. Oh shit, that's right.
0: I, you said it so quickly, I forgot. I know. I want people to watch it. I don't want them to, to dilly-dally. Um, all right, so the final topic of the night is... Glimmer of Hope! Oh, boy, oh, boy. A Glimmer of Hope, I guess. I think uh, we all need it, man. We really need a Glimmer of Hope. Um, this week's Glimmer of Hope is the tr- second trailer, second theatrical trailer for Free Guy... Which was I think again supposed to come out this year it oh, is uh apparently still slated is it say December in the trailer that's not true that's gonna get pushed but anyway enough 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 sadness uh free guys a new uh, movie from uh I believe it's is it's uh levy right the guy who did uh the producer on um, John levy? the stranger things not uh Sean Le- Sean levy. I forget us yes. Sean yeah. Levy, thank you. Sean Levy, who Levy, yes. is, uh, Levy.
1: yeah, he is definitely, if you watch any of this, he's an executive producer on Stranger Things. Uh, he was a producer on Arrival. Um, he was, and if anyone, he was a director on uh, Big Fat Liar. Well, so
3: Classic.
0: Cool. Cheaper yeah. by the oh, Dozen. Favorite love,
4: movie. love
0: Big Fat Liar. Night at the Museum.
4: I actually, Cheaper by the Dozen.
0: Night of the Museum's good. Did, All three wait, night he of the did, Museum's. Uh, he did the movie with Wolverine fighting a robot.
3: Oh, real steel! That's a good movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. He did real. Steel. He did the internship with. Oh no, that's
1: not that's not the intern. No, it's with uh, Owen Wilson and Ben Spawn. He's also doing a Starman remake.
0: Oh. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Uh, directed by Sean Levy, starring Ryan Reynolds, uh, Jodie Comer, uh, Taika Waititi, and and I believe. Uh, uh, dude from Stranger Things, uh, Steve from Stranger Things, I can't remember his name. Joke here. Well, um, thank you. So, uh, yeah, it's a really, listen, I'm I'm always a sucker, like, for anything video game, because I play video games, but we always have, for, for people who are in the, that like that genre, always have in the back of their heads, they're never going to make a good video game movie, they're never going to make a good, they, we always say that. And then they occasionally do, and this one looks like they, they might have, They might have it, which uh, basically sees Ryan Reynolds um, as just a a guy in a video game, like not a main character, like, you know, almost in like a Grand Theft Auto kind of world Sims. It's very, very reminiscent of that as well, kind of like wakes up and realizes that um, he wants to do more in his life. And I think it's uh, because of Jodie Comer's character, blah, blah, blah. It looks really, really sweet and fun. Uh, it has Taika Waititi as the bad guy, which uh, I think that's always a, a nice, uh, a nice move. And uh, yeah, what what are you guys' thoughts on this uh, movie? That's definitely not going to come out this year. I'll start with Kevin. Um, the
2: the trailer. Definitely makes me feel like this is like Pixel meets Cabin in the Woods.
0: Love uh, that!
1: What wow. a good company. That is, that's a fucking pull. <laughs> that's man. I great. Love
0: it. Plus, plus you got Bob O'Reilly by the Who playing in the background, which is nice.
2: That's true. We we stand the who, um, yeah. yeah. It's one of these things where I'm like, well, oh, this looks cute and sweet. And do we as a society do we feel like we've moved on from Ryan Reynolds? I feel like I have nope. a little, bit, but definitely,
0: definitely haven't. haven't. It's true.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. He was cute. Yeah, he was
0: great. And what? He's really good. Beat P- Detective that's Pikachu. Pikachu. Oh, yes. He was
2: he good. Was great, man. Um. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, it looks, it looks interesting. It's, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I wonder if this would have like played differently if you didn't know he was like in a video game at first, but but Mm -hmm. they obviously like really reveal that up front. Um, Yeah. yeah, like I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. It seems cute, interesting, and, um, bare minimum at least will be funny. Ryan Reynolds is pretty much always funny in things. It's
0: um, crazy that he's so consistently funny. Like, yeah. it's weird that he's the good part in basically anything that he's in, right? Like, even with, like, Hobbs and Shaw, like, he's, he's got... <laughs> I did love, he's love
4: got,
0: Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, he, I, listen, I love Hobbs exactly and Shaw. I,
4: yeah,
0: he's in it. Sorry, that's a big, kind of a big spoiler. Uh, but I don't think you're ever going to see Hobbs it now. And Shaw. Yeah. Oh it's it was. such dumb fun, there's, man. It's like it's just like a knucklehead movies. movie at its best. Yeah. There's two giant cameos. It's first is Ryan Reynolds, uh which they kept secret somehow, and then uh, later Kevin Hart. So spoiler. Oh, I didn't think you were gonna say it. I was gonna say there's another oh, giant it, one, but it's a small person. <laughs> the movie came out like two years ago. People fucking go see it. Jesus. Uh, but anyway. Um yeah, he's great in everything. Like that. Like that's like I'll go see his things or see them on streaming. I even watched a fucking horrible Six Underground movie directed by Michael Bay because I'm like, it's got him and it. it's got to be funny. Um, again, it wasn't. But uh,
3: he's, he's like still Ryan Gosling, uh But he he appears in a lot of bad movies, whereas yeah. Ryan Gosling appears in a lot of good movies and occasionally. Right. Ryan Reynolds isn't is occasionally
0: in a way. Yeah, okay. he just has more options now, so he's in like more big-budget stinkers, if anything. Yeah.
2: And he, he usually is the best part of what he is in.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it looks, it looks cute. It
4: looks
1: cute. I was surprised that this movie originally had a July 4th release, though.
0: I'm like, no, really? You... It's a perfect July 4th movie. Ah, I don't know, man. Like, I yeah. just see this... Need, and it... This is like the grown-ups. Like, it's like a dumb, fun, like... Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I don't know if it of... was going to be that big of a hit. Uh, But I, I could see that it's just doing well on VOD. I don't. Yeah. yeah, this is one I think the studios are like, you know what? Let's move this to VOD, and it'll do probably pretty decently. It'll be... I think this is, I could see this being one of the first ones, the first summer blockbusters from 2020... Think it's fully shifted to outside of Move On, obviously, but actually, that was supposed to be, I think, an April release um, or a spring release. I'll say I could see this being one of the big summer ten-pole releases hitting VOD like late this year, early next year.
3: Yeah. God, Ryan Reynolds is in two movies this year where he plays a character named Guy.
1: <laughs> What's the other one? Yeah, no.
3: the Crudes. There's a sequel, to-
1: oh,
3: he's in the first. Per- Rudes, which I had no idea, but he plays a guy.
1: I didn't know they made a sequel to that movie. They did, they just dropped the trailer recently because Sophie was watching it. And she looked at me, she's like, I don't want to watch this. And I'm like, good, good, good. She'll
3: probably
2: not watch it anyway. That's going to
1: make some
3: execs at DreamWorks cry. <laughs> <laughs> the curly haired I- five year old doesn't want to watch it. Yeah. Or her
0: dad. Um, Cole, uh, any closing thoughts on the Free Guy trailer?
3: I think I think it looks good It's definitely it, it, If we were in normal times I, I would like maybe go see that If there was like nothing else in theaters um, It's not one I would go Rush out to theaters and see If it comes out on VOD I would for sure watch it Yeah. Um, and, and you know That kind of ties back into what I was talking about earlier It's just I, I'm really not Missing movie theaters I really wish they would just release things On VOD because I'll watch them uh, and i don't I don't want to go to a movie theater for a little while
2: all right captain Netflix
3: hey i don't i, I don't I don't
0: love that he's That's like cool. I'm captain hBO max thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know okay. we forgot the elephant in the room of Netflix canceling uh glove what? which was... Watch out.
3: I, I know that Netflix needs to just start like including whenever they announce a new show they also need to include like when they're gonna cancel it yeah. after one season yeah, remember when shows went to Netflix to be revived yep. yeah that was
2: worth I know it's going it's to be a streaming service with dozens and dozens and dozens of unfinished shows that no one's going to want to start because they don't have an ending
3: yeah who wants to watch everything sucks when it has one season you know Not me. like it's just going to sit there forever unwatched by anyone
1: I don't get why they do that, because it's just like, especially now, it's like they were filming it. It's like, guys, you're going to eventually, due to all the halt in production, you're going to have a lull. So why not finish it? And yeah. Glow, I know the season three, uh, Melissa Jobin, who reviews it for us, she was like, season three was a drop-off, in her opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And Go check out the Machu Picchu interview on thepotbreak.com. She was awesome. Uh, but, you know, it's like, yeah, the show is coming to an end. Finish it. Like, this had... This had Big name re- recognition. This wasn't. It's like ever since they let Orange is New Black and House of Cards run way too long, they're like, oh, fuck right. it. We can't let anything run too long." Now. It's, it's, there's a happy medium, unless
3: it's called Stranger Things. Yeah,
2: Which, running too
1: long. Well, I mean, I thought it was. I, I thought they were going to end it this season, this coming season. Now it's like, well, maybe not. And it's like, God, just, no, ended.
0: No, this season. I, I think. I think one more season and like
1: until season
3: six or seven, and they're going to be like thirty by the time it's done, and it's going to.
0: I like an episode where they come back as they're older. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Sorry, I'm a Stranger Things fan. I I don't shit on that show. No, I I mean
1: like I wouldn't mind like if they took five to ten years off and then came back for like a reunion movie. That's cool, but like don't keep giving me like I'll finish in season four. I'll be good. I'll be fine. I I like Stranger Things. I just
3: feel like the last two seasons, they've kind of proven to be... I don't think they had, like, a lot in their back pocket. I think yeah. they, they had, like, one idea, and then they've kind of just done variations of that, one idea it has been diminishing returns for me. It I feel really- like
0: two, two was all over the place, but I thought three at least had, like a structure, right? Like and and like oh. they didn't move around a lot. Like it was all kind of like the mall was like pretty essential. Like I like that. I think that was a cool yeah. aspect of it. I thought it was definitely better than season 2.
1: Yeah, season 2 was just like yeah, matrix three You're,
2: level. I didn't like, like the Hopper's character in season 3. Oh, yeah. He was my favorite. Like annoying dad and also just like badgering Winona Ryder
1: like constantly on the verge of a heart attack.
2: Yeah.
3: I also just didn't like how they made all the kids horny on Maine.
2: Yeah, no. No, I didn't like that. You don't just... Horny on enough. Maine.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It hit me late. It's just so fucking funny you said that.
2: Uh, <laughs> Bill, your thoughts on free guy living in free city Taiko Atiti villain.
1: Uh, yeah, it's cool. Like I said, like it, like it's weird that this was July fourth movie release. Like I think this is like it's going to be fun, and uh, like I said, it's going to be a. I think they switched this to VOD, and that's where I'll go see it. You know, I, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. My wife likes Ryan Reynolds. I like Ryan Reynolds. It's like it, I feel like we're getting to like Ryan Reynolds needs a serious movie soon because I feel like we're getting a little too Ryan Reynolds. Uh, you know, don't, hey, don't, I'm sarcastic. Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, and it's like okay, we, we're hitting the breaking point.
3: He'll, he'll do, like, an Uncut Gems or, or something.
2: Oh, God. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm sure, is there any... Is there a, a serious movie he's in?
1: Uh, let's see. He was in that one where he was um, buried alive. I think it's called Buried. Oh. Uh, that, I that had nightmares cool. about that. I, I couldn't get... My wife was like... We got through the first five minutes. My wife's like, turn this off. He did
0: us uh, was it Safe House with uh, Denzel. I was, I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, it's more of an action movie, it
2: but yeah, are he these in, like horror movies? I mean, like a drama.
3: Yeah, he was in like Amityville Horror remake. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to
2: see him as like a struggling single father. I was gonna say struggling single father trying to find love. That's definitely maybe. He's already Chris, yeah,
0: I gonna say, oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I was going to say definitely yeah. I was going to say Chris Chris Evans is doing that like post post Captain America. He's been doing <laughs> like, "Oh, I'm going to do Gifted" and like or whatever it's called. Like
2: uh, To be fair, Chris Evans was doing weird shit like that before Captain oh, I know. Uh, Chris Uh-oh. Evans he
1: did
0: like what pre- your number? I was like, what? Chris what? Evans Chris Evans pre Captain America didn't know what he wanted to be as an actor. Oh, yeah. He what? was he he was doing everything and yeah, see what stuck. Whether was
2: chances in a career yeah. that normal any other actor would have yeah. just died. The but losers. Have, that? have have you seen uh, not another teen movie? No. Have you seen what's what's my number?
1: What's your yeah? What's my what's your number? Yeah. What about what about cellular?
2: Oh. Uh,
1: what about any of the Fantastic Four movies? Yeah.
2: What the. That I like, he's him. the best
1: part in them. He those. absolutely is. He's
0: yeah, great, it. he's always been charming and stuff. It's just like, Scott that's Pilgrim. like, oh, stop. I'll talk about talking Scott Pilgrim all day. So of uh, but yeah, that's I'm, I'm gonna say that's a wrap, guys. Uh, let's, let's go around and uh, tell everyone where they can find you on the socials. Uh, we'll start with Cat and Cole, mostly Cat.
2: Um, You could find me on Twitter where you could cancel me for saying that I think Donald Trump should be dead. Um, It's cat with a K underscore uh, wild with an E at the end. Um, Yeah. Or also on Instagram at cat goes to shows. Even though I'm not going to any shows right now. My Instagram forever lives in shows. And if anyone wants to contact Cole, they could contact me first. Yeah. yeah, I'm his heavy, or his body. She's
1: the hero. Uh, heavy.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd.
0: There yeah. you go.
3: It's just my name, Colrath. C O L E R O T H A C K E R
2: yeah, Letterboxd fan. Yeah. You guys should make Letterboxd accounts.
1: Yeah. I, I would need time. I have to, do to watch that. things. To <laughs> that now. too. I would need to watch movies and have time to write small reviews. Yeah. I still have like 4 reviews for the site after. Um <laughs> you, you should uh,
3: you could use Letterboxd to promote the reviews on the site.
2: It's true. A lot of people do that.
1: Yeah. I wish I think people on the site do that. <laughs> I don't know. Let's
0: hope. I can only, right. i you'll, only have so much you'll, bandwidth. <laughs> you'll soon soon see pop break on Letterbox. Hopefully, Proudly. uh Bill working. Uh, people find you.
1: Uh, yeah, you can find my my own personal bullshit on Twitter at Bodkin W R I T E S. It's a lot of wrestling, and recently, it's been a lot of screaming about the world. Um, so yeah, go to like what was it, vote.org, you said before? Because I was going to say go to headcount.org because I'm a hippie and I know that. So uh, just register to vote. Vote with your heart. That's all I can tell you. Vote with your heart and I hope you have a good heart. And uh, we are uh, thepopbreak.com. We're posting stuff every single day. Film, music, television, comic books, pro wrestling. Of course, we've got the socially Distance Podcast, which drops usually every Friday on apple podcast google podcast spotify and anchor of course check out pop break tv on those same platforms where we release podcasts literally three or four times a week including live laugh and love you goodbye to all that tv break and a couple new ones we have cooking up uh at follow us on twitter at popbreak.com, all spelled out uh, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on facebook at the pop break on instagram and i have a lot of stuff coming out on the site i'll have uh a piece on Ducktales season three coming up soon. I will have. Woohoo! Oh yeah. Uh, oh, the la- the Halloween episode was oh Chef's Kiss, and uh, I will be talking about U- Utopia on Amazon Prime. I'll be talking about Good Lord Bird, uh, starring Ethan Hawke from Showtime, and I think I'm going to be doing something on Bly Manor. And then when I collapse from complete exhaustion, I'm sure I'll write something about wrestling. Alfred, excellent.
0: Excellent. I am uh, at Al Manarino on Twitter, mostly screaming into the void Uh, on Instagram. uh, Hopefully going to be posting some uh, I'm doing random, random photos. Uh, There's no concerts out there, but I just recently took photos of a lovely wedding, which was fun. So Mm -hmm. you'll maybe see something pop up on there or Parker Productions, which is my uh, event production company where I take photos of your shit. Uh, and videos of your shit. So hire us. That's our motto. Um yeah,
1: where bad.
0: where can people find Parker Productions? Uh I think it's Parker Prod uh are fucking terrible prod on uh, Instagram. Oh, horrible. But that's by the way, know.
1: if you're out there listening to this at an hour and 38 minutes, Al Manarino, hell of a guy, five tool player. Hire him. He's great. Yeah.
2: It's true. I've worked with great. a real team player. We stand
1: I've worked yes. with him too. I try to deny that time in my life, mostly because I had the job.
0: Um, yeah, send us O mail. But yeah. Uh, that's gonna wrap it up for uh, this week's episode of Socially uh, Distance. Uh, we're gonna have a thirtieth episode next week. Crazy! Uh, no special reunion. No no Point Pleasant rewatch. Uh, just uh, tune in for more shenanigans like this. We will uh, talk more uh, Halloween. Probably just be angrier and uh, yeah. have more Halloween. Uh, probably gonna be pretty angry for the next month or so. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, thanks everyone, and we'll see you next week. And thanks to our uh, engineer and
1: producer Lucas P. Jones.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. Fuck it.